1: Hello and welcome to the Roto-World Baseball Podcast for our Winter Meetings Wrap-Up Show. I'm DJ Short and I'm joined here by my co-pilot, Drew Silva. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> do we have a lot to talk about here. Uh, refreshing to say the least after the most recent winter meeting. So I don't want to waste any time here. Drew, how you doing, man? It's been a wild two days.
2: Yeah, and it, it has and I need to get some sleep at some point. Yeah. But um, yeah, let's let's just get into it. There's a lot to cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Starting off with uh, Steven Strasburg, Uh, we'll just kind of go in order here. He was the first. The first
1: history-making contract of the week.
2: Right, and and then quickly usurped. um, Yes. (laughs) But yeah, he he was the big domino that fell on on day one of the winter meetings, that being Monday. And I think that greatly contributed to to making it one of the most exciting winter meetings in recent memory. I think at least since, since I've been covering baseball. The early
1: aughts, since since like the Cliff Lee, uh, Carl Crawford winter meetings.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, he got a seven-year, $245 million contract to return to the Nationals. That was after he opted out of the four years and $100 million remaining on his previous deal with Washington, which was signed back in May 2015. Obviously, a great decision for him to exercise the opt-out You know, I I was thinking earlier this week when the new deal was announced for Strasburg, if the Nationals had lost to the Brewers in the NL wildcard game, Mm. and remember, they were down 3-1 heading into the bottom of the eighth inning, Strasburg wouldn't have put together such a dominant and lengthy postseason run, which obviously culminated in a world series title and i don't think it would have been such a foregone conclusion that he would opt out it would contract. have been a
1: tougher call for sure but like yeah, he was like, just such like, a beast yeah. in the postseason and that, like the narrative was on his side to do so
2: it still would have been smart to him have to, for him to have done that but i don't it wouldn't have been so obvious yeah um, yeah by the end of october it was it was obvious that he was going to
1: right but uh, i, I don't, don't think anybody yeah. would have expected this contract that he got here
2: I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Nats won the wildcard game and, and Strasburg was a big part of the victory there against Milwaukee. He pitched three scoreless innings of relief, actually earned the official win and then um, put up a 1.98 ERA, 47 to four strikeouts walk ratio, over 36 total postseason innings. Washington was 6-0 and in the playoff games that he appeared in. Uh, he did have a very good regular season, too. Uh, Maybe the best of his career, all things considered, but definitely made a whole lot more money for himself with his work in October. Um, This is a fantasy podcast, so as for his outlook leading into 2020, um, I think he should be a top 30, top 35 pick, uh, probably the number five or number six starting pitcher off the board. Um, I guess, you know, tune back into our, our positional preview podcast, which we usually start in late January, early February. Um, and, and we'll run through starting pitchers. And that's called a tease, DJ, what I'm doing right
1: now. <laughs> Yes, something to look forward to. Yeah. But the one thing I think on the side of, you know, people who are kind of shocked by this contract, um, and I can sort of understand that because uh, just putting things in perspective, 2019 was the first time since 2014 that Strasburg even pitched 200 innings in a season. I know like those massive innings total don't really matter as much anymore, but... Um, you know, and when healthy, he's great, but uh, the injuries have been a problem for him. Uh, but I think, I said something like this on Twitter, but there's something to say for keeping someone like him around. Um, you know, homegrown pitcher, player for, you know, his entire career, uh, especially with the track that he's on, which might end up being a Hall of Fame track. You know, we'll see. Um, and plus, there is the whole thing with the, the uh, protecting him after Tommy John surgery, like, at the time, the Nationals were heavily criticized. I think maybe they should have pushed him. Who knows? But I think doing that really built up trust probably on Strasbourg's part that, hey, you know, they're looking out for me. And yeah, the postseason didn't work out the way we wanted it to. But, you know, for them to put that aside and say, like, you know what? We're going to have another chance at this. And, you know, it took a long time. But, I mean, they did get there. So I, I think part of it, you know, there's some something to be said for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, he turns 32 years old next July. Uh, he'll be, what, 40 in his, in his final season.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so there's definitely some risk there, obviously. But, you know, there's, there's risk with any pitcher. And I think he earned the money, and I think it was good to see. I, I wonder what kind of other bids came in for him that, sure. that would have come close to that. But I, we can say that for all of these top three guys. Like, maybe the teams were bidding against themselves. a bit or maybe they just got really aggressive and and they got the guys they wanted
1: I mean I think most of us expected that Strasburg would stay we didn't know what that final number would be I know there were some rumblings about uh, the Padres with the obvious connection there uh, but we never heard anything really serious develop there Um, we heard that the Yankees were you know at least somewhat involved but it never seemed like anything uh, got serious so really the only surprise was how much it was how historic it was um,
2: the Dodgers might have been in there. They were mentioned very early on. I don't know if that was factual, but it would make sense because they went after Garrett Cole too, and they went after Anthony Rendon.
1: Right. Um, so like we said, the historic part of it was was short-lived because uh, just a, a day later, Garrett Cole uh, signed with the Yankees. Uh, nine years, $324 million. Uh So the Strasburg uh, record deal blown out of the water quickly. Some... Nice negotiating here by Scott Boris. First, getting the Strasburg deal done to kind of set the benchmark, um, and Cole got two more years than Strasburg, which makes sense because he's two years younger. Also, outdid him with the average annual value uh, to push him to 324 million, the fourth richest deal in MLB history, behind only Giancarlo Stanton, Bryce Harper, and Mike Trout. Um, his AAV is now the fourth, is now the highest ever for any player. Uh, At 36 million per season, Uh, Mike Trout's is 35.54 million, and Strasburg, of course, the day before sign is an even 35. So we got two more years and and a million per uh, tacked on uh, to make the difference there. Uh, The Yankees ultimately outbid, uh, at least as far as we know, the Angels and the Dodgers, the Giants and the Astros. uh, Sort of that final day and the hours leading up to it were reportedly. You know checking in or maybe lurking as mystery teams. I don't know if that was just to push the Yankees to the finish line. Could have been um though obviously nothing really came of it and And Cole's been referred to as like this white whale for the Yankees. They failed to sign him as a first rounder way back in two thousand eight um and it seems they tried to make some inroads uh to acquire him two years ago before he went to the Astros, but uh they paid a heavy price and they finally got their man and Obviously, he'll face heavy expectations to get the Yankees to the promised land. And I think for the Yankees, he's really the, the missing piece there. They, they really have all the elements to be a World Series winning team. Cole has obviously amazing numbers over the past two years. 2.68 ERA in 65 starts has really bought, brought his uh, performance to a whole new level. Had 326 strikeouts in and 212 and a third innings this past season with the Astros. And there's every reason to think Cole can keep it going in New York. Um, You know, does the move to the Yankees impact any confidence of Cole standing as the number one fantasy starter? I know we said that in the weeks leading up to this. You know, I still think he is the number one starter off the board next year. Probably a late first round pick.
2: Yeah, I I saw a tweet. It was from Darren Willman, uh, who's... Baseball savant, MLB stat cast guru, director basically, of, uh, one of
1: my Basically, one of my baseball gods, I'd say. Yeah. He's very, He's, very useful stuff.
2: He like just makes us all look like we're bad at our job. <laughs> um, or good. But, or good. Uh, well, yeah, he does both good <laughs> and bad. Because he, he helps us sound smart. But he was yeah. tweeting that um, Cole's average fastball velocity last season was 97.2 miles an hour. That would have ranked second for the Yankees behind only Aroldis Chapman, who we all know is, you know, he's known for throwing flames. Um, just to give you an idea of how good Cole stuff is. And obviously he's not just a fastball guy. The slider's excellent. The curve is excellent. There's a change up here and there that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just got – he's the total package right now. And with the youth, I mean, nine years is crazy. I think the Yankees are expecting the first three years of that deal for him to be the same guy. And then the next three for him to maybe take a step back. And then, you know, hopefully they can just live through the final three years. It's a lot of money, but.
1: Yeah, flags fun. fly forever, as they say. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, yeah, so we got the big Strasburg signing on Monday, the Cole signing on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, the Angels reached agreement on a seven-year $245 million deal with third baseman Anthony Rendon. Uh, all these guys are Scott Boris clients, by the way. Um, and three of the top six remaining free agents are Scott Boris clients, too. Mm. Hunjin Ryu, Nicholas Castellanos, Dallas Keuchel. Um, we'll discuss their markets later on in the show.
1: So 18, 8, $814 million in deals for Scott Boris clients this week. And
2: then Mustakas too, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which that that happened last week, but yeah, I think he's up to like eight hundred and seventy-eight million already. So Not bad. It's a billion-dollar offseason for the Boris Corporation, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, but yeah, as soon as the Nationals gave Strasbourg that that big new contract, it became clear that Rendon wasn't going to return to Washington. Uh, the Rangers apparently made a big play for him, but uh, reportedly came in right around two hundred million. He wound up getting two hundred forty-five. Uh, from Anaheim. The Dodgers reportedly did not make an offer, which is surprising. We thought they were in the hunt. Maybe they just realized that he was going to be too far out of their range. They didn't want to go to seven years or something like that. Um, so, again, maybe the Angels wound up bidding against themselves a bit. Uh, but this is obviously a massive upgrade to their lineup in the short term and their defense. Um, you've got Rendon hitting directly in front of or behind Mike Trout, the best player in baseball. And then playing alongside the best defensive shortstop in the game in Andrew Elton Simmons. Um, I'll be interested to see what kind of lineups Joe Madden trots out there as the new manager in Anaheim. He likes to tinker with his lineups. He did that with the Cubs. He did it with the Rays. Different looks all the time. And isn't afraid of some unique look.
1: If, if he, um, I would love to see Trout, Rendon, Otani. That'd be yeah.
2: Tr- trout at leadoff. Rendon second. Otani third. Justin Upton fourth.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean... That would be so scary for an opposing pitcher uh, to to, to face that kind of murderer's row in the first inning. I know Upton's not what he was, but he's still a masher at times if he's healthy. Um, From a fantasy perspective, I think having Trout as a teammate definitely boosts Rendon's stock. Uh, Angel Stadium isn't the friendliest place for offense. You hear about the marine layer that sets in there during night games and hurts fly balls, but it's really not too different from Nationals Park in terms of home runs hit over the last three seasons. Both are kind of middle of the pack. Um, I guess we should mention uh, that the Angels traded Zach Cozart and their first-round pick from 2019 infield prospect Will Wilson to the Giants uh, early on in this week's winter meetings. That helped them kind of free up some cash to make the Rendon thing happen. Uh, Cozart was basically a total bust during his time in Anaheim, and he was due $12.7 million in 2020. I would definitely not expect a rebound for him in San Francisco. They might even cut him uh, before opening day. Uh, Basically, they just bought Will Wilson for $12.7 million.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, I have a little uh, advertisement here, which I think our listeners will want to hear. Tis the season for giving, and that's true for us here at Roto World as well. We're getting into the holiday spirit and want to give back to our loyal users, so we're launching the 12 Days of Roto Holiday Giveaway on Friday, December 13th. That's when this podcast comes out. Every day for 12 days, we'll be promoting a premium product flash giveaway. Our first one will be at 3 p.m. Eastern on Friday, December 13th, but the products, promo codes, and times will change each day. You'll have to monitor our site, RotoWorld.com, for breaking news banners, and our Twitter accounts for details each day. And each giveaway will only last one hour. So be sure to act fast on that one. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, we're gonna have a ton of stuff coming out. Um, I believe February the first week of February, our um RotoWorld baseball draft guide will go live on our premium uh baseball side. So uh, keep an eye out for that. It's always a, a great product, and we're going to start loading that up with all sorts of helpful stuff, but um, you know, keep an eye out for this over the, over the next uh, 12 days, uh, and good luck. So uh, let's jump into some other uh, transactions for, for this week. Uh, the Phillies staying active. Of course, they signed uh, Zach Wheeler last week, a big addition in their rotation, and this week they signed Didi Gregorius. One year, $14 million, reunited with Joe Girardi, the new manager in Philadelphia. Gregorius is coming off a down year. He hit just 238 with a 276 on base percentage in his return from Tommy John surgery. But he's obviously capable of better than that. He had 27 homers and an 829 OPS, over 134 games in 2018. And you can understand why Gregorius took a one-year deal, uh, hoping to rebuild some value and test the open market again next offseason. You know, leaving the Yankees might hurt him a tiny bit from a fantasy perspective, but he's still in a really good situation in a hitter's park, a lineup which should be better. Um, I could see him serving as a, a middle infielder type in, in fantasy leagues. Obviously, shortstop's a super deep position uh, in mixed leagues. Um, with Gregorius in the fold, I think the interesting part here is that means Gene Segura will shift over to second base and Scott Kingery will be the regular third baseman course, the Phillies recently non tendered both Michael Franco and Cesar Hernandez. So um, they had some needs there and some things to figure out. So Gregorius is a, is a big addition for them.
2: Yeah, Gregorius is it was such a weird 2019. Obviously, missed the first three months of the season uh, coming back from Tommy John and then had a 570 OPS at Yankee Stadium, um, which, which is just really strange. Ten of his home runs were on the road, six at home. Um he, he really feasted at Yankee Stadium in, um, in the year prior, and that's what made him so good. I, I, think it's a, I think it's probably smart for him to take that kind of pillow contract. Apparently had some off, off, multi-year offers on the table, but he will be 31 years old going into the 2021 season. Um, so he, he's really going to have to rake in Philadelphia to, to get paid next winter probably. Um, The Rangers went into this week's winter meetings looking to shed one of their left-handed hitting outfielders, and they found a trade partner with the White Sox late Tuesday night. The deal was Nomar Mazzara uh, going to Chicago for outfield prospect Steel Walker. Um, Mazzara was one of the top prospects in all of baseball four years ago, made his major league debut at age 20 in 2016 and had a pretty good rookie year. 20 home runs, 739 OPS in 145 games, finished fifth in the AL Rookie of the Year voting. Um, But here we are, you know, three weeks from the calendar flipping to the year 2020, and he's basically that exact same guy. Um, Has never hit more than 20 home runs, never had an OPS above 800, batting average always in the 260 range, on base percentage around 320, Every year, it's that that same stat line, like incredible consistency, consistently, like just slightly below average. Yeah, Yeah, right. Um, He's also a poor defensive outfielder, um, and he's never been worth even one win above replacement over a season. Um, His career war is actually 1.5 total over his first four years. Yeah, maybe he breaks through with a change of scenery, um, or maybe he's just not that good of a player. Um, There there are some encouraging things in his batted ball data. Um, He's hit two of the 10 longest home runs since StatCast started tracking uh, batted ball data. So that's since 2015. Um, And among non-Rockies players, only Giancarlo Stanton has a longer average home run distance over the last four years uh, than Mazzara. But you'd think that would all lead to greater actual season over season home run totals. Um, so I don't know he, he's only 24 years old um, in fantasy like I might take him around pick 220 or something in some fantasy drafts next spring but there's so many more attractive outfielders on the board that you can project for way better numbers um, if you're in a three outfielder league you can do better
1: yeah it's unfortunate things haven't worked out I mean you, and you can't really say the Rangers necessarily rushed him I know he came up as a. You know, a 21 year old, but he had time between Double A and Triple A. Um, he only had 20 games in Triple in A before the call up, though. But so maybe you could say he needed more time. Maybe his development got stunted, or maybe he's just not as good as we thought he was going to be. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the White Sox are, are willing to find out with the need there in their outfield. So um, we'll see where that goes. I think the White Sox are going to be a, a pretty interesting team in. in I think they will.
2: Yeah, I think they will, too. Eloy Jimenez not being a very good defender either. I I, I kind of worry about their defense a bit in the outfield.
1: Right. Uh, but um, if their pitchers are striking out everyone, <laughs> it might not true. matter. <laughs> uh, so another deal here, which I think is interesting, Blake Trinan. Uh, signed with the Dodgers one year ten million. Sort of like the Gregorius deal earlier. This is a situation of a player trying to reestablish some value. Trinan of course, coming off that historic 2018, but he struggled with a four nine one ERA over just over fifty-eight innings this past season. Also missed some time with injury, lost his closer job to Liam Hendricks. Still with those state of relievers on the free agent market. You know, it's smart of the Dodgers or any team to really go for the upside with Trinan. Um and it's hard to find one with really more upside than than Trinan based off of what we've seen in the past. Maybe Delon Matanzas has a, a decent argument too. As of now, Trinan projects to set up for Kenley Jansen, uh, but Jansen wasn't his usual dominant self in 2019. So, you know, who really knows? I, I don't think, barring injury, you know, Trinan's not going to be drafted in fantasy leagues in the, in the coming season, but certainly a wait and see kind of situation. You know, we've seen some slow starts from uh, Jansen before, uh, trying to get his stuff back. Uh so definitely something to monitor there trying to looks good in the spring.
2: Yeah, Jansen had a 2.08 ERA over his first nine major league seasons uh the or first eight major league seasons, the last two years 3.01 ERA and then a 3.71 ERA in 2019. That's not trending in a good direction. Um, so I, I, it's possible if trying the guy that he was in 2018 with the A's, that he could become the Dodgers closer at some point. That's not out of the question.
1: Yeah. I love that move for the Dodgers. That's the move they had to make. I mean, they yep. whiffed on some other guys this week, but that, that's a good ad for them.
2: We'll get into Batanza Slater. I he's a great fit for them too. Um, Josh Lindblom drew a lot of interest from a variety of major league teams this off season after a really successful three-year run in the Korea baseball organization, Astros, Tigers, Angels, and Blue Jays were all connected to him publicly. Uh, but he wound up going to the Brewers on Wednesday for three years, $9.125 million. That's the total guarantee over the three years, so relatively cheap.
1: Yeah, I like that. I mean, if you look at yeah. some of the other like mid-rotation guys, they were getting like, and we'll talk about it as we move along here, Like they've been getting that for like one year. So, I mean, if, right. they, if yeah. they can get like a mid-back-end rotation type, which I think what's the expectation should be, you know, they're, they're set up pretty nicely.
2: Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know what to expect from these pitchers who fail in MLB-affiliated ball and then achieve success overseas. We've seen good and bad outcomes. Uh, but, but, yeah, just looking at the numbers, 2.50 ERA, 0.997 whip, 189 strikeouts, only 29 walks, and 194 innings this past year with the Doosan Bears. Um, you know, maybe he can be like a really nice find for the Brewers pitching staff or at least a back end, a solid back end starter. Um, but the Brewers need guys that can eat innings. I don't know what they're going to do about their pitching staff. Hopefully, you know, a guy like Corbin Burns comes along. Um, Brandon Woodruff repeats the way that he finished the year. Um, um especially after losing the pitch framing expertise of Yasmani Grandal, I'd be worried about, about the Brewers pitchers, um. Yeah, I don't think Bloom is, is someone you draft next spring in fantasy, but if he gets off to a promising start and becomes a prominent guy there in the Milwaukee rotation, I could see streaming him in favor- favorable matchups, maybe even finding a, a permanent roster spot for him if things are going re- really well. But, again, he's a pretty ga- hard guy to project. He was actually relatively successful um, in North America before he went to South Korea. Um, I, I don't know enough about his stuff to really to, to really – add on to that. I really don't know how to project the guy, but someone to keep in mind.
1: So the Blue Jays signed Tanner Roark, two years, $24 And again, we're getting into these kind of mid to back end rotation guys now. We'll try to speed through some of these. Uh, With Roark, the deal obviously doesn't wow you, but Blue Jays, man, they really need some stability in that rotation. They just don't have really any any of it right now. They got Chase Anderson from the Brewers, which I think was a, a good move for them. Uh, Matt Shoemaker's coming back from a torn ACL. Uh, Trent Thornton, Ryan Bar- Barocchi, uh Anthony K, the prospect from the Mets, guys like that. You know, the big arrival in in twenty twenty is going to be Nate Pearson, uh, hard thrower, right hander. Uh, he should be a lot of fun and someone who will be you know an immediate add in mix leagues. He'll be the most exciting guy in that rotation. But you know, Ro- Roark's a guy who can. You know, be a solid guy, eat a bunch of innings, uh, you know, four, three, five ERA over 31 starts uh, between the Reds and the A's in 2019. So not someone you're really going to use in, in mixed leagues necessarily, maybe certain matchups, but he mostly, you know, is what he is.
2: Another third tier free agent starter signing, um, Kevin Gosman to the Giants for one year, nine million dollars. Uh, to jump right into the, the fantasy outlook, I really like the fit here with Gosman to San Francisco. The stadium being the most obvious point, um, Oracle Park is the toughest place to hit a home run in the majors, at least over the last three seasons. Uh, the dimensions are getting a little smaller there for 2020. Yeah, uh, they're moving the bu- yeah they're moving the bullpens from that that report actually finally came out today. What they're actually going to do, um, they're moving the bullpens from foul territory to actually below the outfield stands, and then. Pushing the wall in four to six feet in certain areas. Um, it shouldn't really be that big of a difference. I don't think they still have that triples alley. Um, it's still going to be really hard to hit homers there. There are a lot of doubles and triples there, but I think it'll still play as an extreme pitcher's park. Um, but, but also beyond the park factors, Gosman was the victim of a lot of bad luck between Atlanta and Cincinnati in 2019. His fifth fielding independent pitching was nearly two runs better. Than his actual era the batting average on balls in play was 344 um, and he posted the highest strikeout rate of his career 10ks per nine innings he throws a lot of different pitches with pretty good control his fastball velocity hasn't declined Um, I'll be targeting him as as a starting pitching sleeper for sure next spring
1: I'm not falling for this again (laughs) <laughs> That's all I can Man say the, about God.
2: All right, I'll take him. <laughs> That's fine.
1: <laughs> so uh, the Mets, the Mets signed two starting pitchers uh, on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, um, the second half of the winter meetings. Basically, uh, Michael Waka on uh, Wednesday. They signed one year, three million. Uh, could make a total of ten million if he uh, reaches certain incentives and benchmarks. Um, and then on Thursday, it was an, uh, announced, or reported anyway, that they signed Rick Porcello. One year, $10 million. Um And again, this is after letting Zach Wheeler walk. He got a five-year, $118 million deal with the Phillies. In the Mets' minds, you know, Marcus Stroman is Zach Wheeler's replacement. Uh, so now it's sort of replacing Jason Vargas, who was their no- number five starter until uh, late July last year. So... You know, plug Waka and Porcello in there. You know, Stroman not as good as Wheeler. Can Waka and Porcello be better than Jason Vargas? I mean, that's kind of the question, you know. Um, Porcello had a 5.52 ERA in 32 starts with the Red Sox this past season. That was the highest ERA among qualified starters. Uh, But obviously, he's been a lot better than that in the past. Um, Waka had a 4.76 ERA over 24 starts and five relief appearances in 2019. You obviously know him very well. Um, I don't love either of these guys, but I think you could see the buy-low appeal with both of them. At the very least, Porcello will eat some innings. I don't know if you can really count on Walker to make it through a full season, but certainly not the worst uh, depth. One thing I saw floated out there on Thursday, at least from some reporters, is that the Mets could potentially trade one of their starters, uh, maybe a Steven Matz, along with Jed Lowry or Jerry's Familia, to address another area of need. I think that's a bad idea. Um, just because you can't count on Waka to stay healthy. I, I saw uh, the general manager, Brody Van Wagenen, said, I think we have the deepest rotation in baseball, which is totally bogus. Um, <laughs> it's not even the deepest rotation in New York right now.
2: They also shouldn't trade. You shouldn't trade a starter when you sign Michael
1: Waka. No, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, fine, throw it out there as a possibility. You know what I mean? But I don't think they have a need to do that. I think what's more likely to, to occur is the Mets to trade Dominic Smith along with Jed Lowry and, you know, shed the salary with Lowry and go out and sign a reliever or something like that. It's probably the most likely thing to occur. So, uh, But I think you're going to need all six of these guys to make it through a season and, and probably more. Most rotations end up using seven or eight guys over the course of a year, sometimes more.
2: Yeah, I mean, Waka was the NLCS MVP in 2013 at age 21. Uh, was an All Star in 2015 at age 23, but when he got diagnosed with that shoulder injury in 2016, they said it was going to be chronic, and it's proven to be that.
1: Is it a uh, scapula or
2: something like yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a kind of a rare injury. Uh, who ha- did Johan Santana have it at the end of his career? Hmm. Um, yeah, a, a couple of a couple of pitchers have had it, and then it's just it, you just don't really come back from it. Um, it's a, it's just like a kind of a ticking time bomb. It's always going to be there um there, there's no it's it's something with the cavity in the shoulder I'm not a doctor but it, it can't be addressed surgically it's just there um so I mean I, he had a he had a really promising start to his career the Cardinals may have overworked him early on um they never express expressed any interest in signing him to an extension even when he was going really well um I, I think they just kind of used him up to be honest um All right, to wrap up the prominent transactions from this week's winter meetings, and this one's barely even worth talking about because everyone knew it was coming, Brett Gardner back to the Yankees on a one-year $12.5 million deal. It also comes with a $10 million club option for 2021. I guess the money is the only thing that's surprising. That's a big number for a 36-year-old outfielder, and you'd have to think the Yankees had a ton of leverage on him. Um, But Gardner was really good in 2019, had a career high 28 home runs, a career high 829 OPS. He should continue to start um, close to every day, at least against right-handed opponents. Might that lead off from time to time? Aaron Boone got away from that toward the end of the year, and that was probably smart, but we we might still see it here and there. He doesn't run like he used to. Ten stolen bases this past year, was a 40 steal guy at one point in his career um probably not somebody you consider in any fantasy draft but if you play daily fantasy you've definitely plugged Gardner into your lineups uh, at some point and can maybe do that again in 2020 when he's not lead off in that lineup.
1: Yeah, and with Aaron Hicks, you know, having Tommy John surgery, probably out until maybe mid-season, something like that. I mean, Gardner's, Gardner's going to be in there most of the time. Um so I think, you know, deeper league appeal is, is still there with Gardner even though he doesn't run as much as he used to. Um, So do you want to keep going with some of these minor transactions or should we talk about the notable free agents still on the board?
2: Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about Austin Romine?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not really. I mean, I saw right before we started recording Jose Peraza signed with the Red Sox. Um, There could be some playing time there at second base and, you know, he could be a useful speed guy, perhaps. Um, Looks like it's around three million plus incentives. I mean, that could be interesting. Good situation there
2: he's so up and down every season. It's hard to trust, but um, yeah, I mean, it's something that could certainly work out for Boston. And then if if he's starting every day at second base, I think he's going to be more of like a Brock Holt type. Yeah. uh, Who who plays some outfield. He's played some outfield in the past and um, he's got pretty good range in the outfield. Um, I think he's going to be more of that kind of type, but I I don't know. It's hard to really know what the Red Sox are doing right now.
1: Yeah. Um, Howie Kendrick is back with the nationals. Um, one year, $6.25 million, has an option for 2021. You know, the Nationals, it seems like they'll bring back Ryan Zimmerman. We'll see. Um, there's certainly some questions there, obviously, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit about what the Nationals are going to do now that Anthony Rendon's gone. But you can expect Kendrick to be pretty active in that lineup, and he had the best season of his career this, this past year. So, um, you know, maybe deeper league fantasy relevancy there as well. Yeah, uh,
2: let's Yeah. Let's get into some some free agents who have yet to sign and looking at their market.
1: Yeah. So, uh, did you know Madison Bumgarner's only 30 years old? That's <laughs> yeah, incredible. It feels like he's been around forever and, and he has been, he's been, he's been pitching in the majors since he was 19, his age 19 season, uh, in 2009. But, um, I saw a report earlier this week that he's looking for, you know, a five-year deal in the $100 million range uh, kind of on a Zach Wheeler con- comparison, which actually I think is pretty fair because Bumgarner was pretty good in, in in 2019. I know the ERA is higher than we're used to seeing, certainly 3.90 uh, ERA, but you know 203 strikeouts and 43 walks in 207 and two thirds innings. I mean that's that's pretty on par with what you expect. The home runs were up, which is a little alarming, um, and he did get to pitch in the you know most pitcher-friendly ballpark in the game, so. You know, you wonder how that will turn out depending on where he signs. Uh, Right now, his market sort of is hard to really gauge. Um, You know, we heard the Dodgers (laughs) after uh, the Yankees signed Garrett Cole. And that would be pretty interesting (laughs) after all the years with the Giants to jump over to the Dodgers. I don't think uh, that would be fascinating to watch. I don't know how realistic that is. Uh, we re- recently heard something about the Diamondbacks, another NL West team, Nick Pai of the Arizona Republic reported that. Uh, sort of in the $70 million range, obviously uh, Mad Bum's hoping for higher than that. Um, the Twins kept Jake Rizzi and Michael Pineda, but certainly they're in the mix for another arm as well. Um, but still a lot to be determined there with Bumgarner.
2: Hunjin Ryu is still out there. Um, I think it's hard to imagine the Dodgers letting him get away after missing out on Strasburg and Cole and Rendon, but he does have interest from a lot of different teams after posting a 2.32 ERA over 29 starts in 2019. Uh, The Twins, Blue Jays, Braves, maybe the Angels.
1: Yeah, the Angels got to do something. We should should mention that earlier with Rendon. Like, yeah, it's awesome they signed Rendon, but they got to keep going. They need like two arms in that rotation.
2: Corey Kluber.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk about some trade candidates here in a bit. I think there, there's a match there.
0: Yeah, I um, can see that.
2: But the, the Cardinals reportedly met with Ryu's representatives at, at the winter meetings. They also met with Dallas Keuchel and might be in on Bumgarner too. There's some whispers about that. Um, Ryu will be 33 years old in March, so this is probably the last opportunity for him to really cash in, um, especially after the year he had. And it's been a very fruitful market so far for the. Upper crust of free agents, so I, it's possible he leaves LA. Um, it would surprise me if the Dodgers let him get away though. In the end,
1: so Josh Donaldson, maybe the top free agent left on the board, I'd say. Um, you know, despite going into his age thirty four season, they're rumblings he's likely to receive three years, perhaps four. It seems like it's more leaning in the in the four year direction right now. Of course, Donaldson took a one year deal with the Braves last off season, managed to stay healthy too, playing one hundred fifty five games. Mashed 37 homers with a 900 OPS. Um, A lot of chatter on Donaldson. Obviously, you know, the Braves want him back. That's for sure. Um, We've heard the Dodgers. We've heard the Rangers after missing out on on Rendon. Um, You know, we'll see if if that could happen. I'm not sure. Nationals, clearly with Rendon out of the mix. Um, Even a little bit of the Twins, I heard. Um, So we'll see where that goes. I think, you know, Braves, Nationals, Rangers, maybe. Um, Dodgers, I don't know if, if he's really the guy for them. You know, Justin Turner, what do you do with him? So I don't know if I'd put the Dodgers at the top of that list, but certainly Braves and Nationals I think are going to be interesting to watch.
2: Marcelo Zuna, uh, we, we heard a lot about the White Sox and Reds this week. Braves possibly, Diamondbacks possibly. There's a chance he returns to the Cardinals as well. Um, the, that idea seems to be fading a little bit. He was a disappointment during his two years in St. Louis for the most part. I don't think he was fully healthy for much of it. Had the shoulder thing that seemed to actually finally get better toward the end of the 2019 season. He had an incredible NLDS against Atlanta. Hits the ball hard, always at the top of the exit velocity, leaderboard or near the top. Um, for my fantasy hopes and dreams, and really just an, an overall great fit, I think Cincinnati is the place.
0: Yeah,
2: um, he, could, he could do serious damage at Great American Ballpark. They missed out on D.D. D. Gregorius. We know they were in the running for him. Um 14 million dollars probably got too rich for their liking, or or maybe Gregorius just like Girardi in Philadelphia. Um, but you think about Vado, Suarez, Mustakis, Aquino, Ozuna in that lineup, Nick Senzel maybe gets it going um, as a post type guy. That could be an electric offense. And I like their pitching staff too, if if Trevor Bauer rebounds and Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley, um Anthony Desclafani um, they've got some arms there, and I think that could be actually be an interesting team. We talked about it on our Hot Stove preview show that it doesn't look like the Cardinals and Cubs are going to do a whole lot of upgrading uh, this winter. So the door might be open a little bit there for the Reds.
1: Another guy who's sort of like a exit velocity darling, hard hit rate darling, Nicholas Castellanos. Had a great finish with the Cubs, hit 321 with 16 homers uh a thousand OPS over fifty one games with the Cubs. I,
2: th- I, th- I thought you were gonna say a thousand doubles.
1: <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Uh but awesome finish after really, you know, treading water with the Tigers. Uh his market's sort of a mystery. We heard a lot about the Giants in the early part of the week. I think it would make a ton of sense there. Uh they need a big bat in that lineup and you know, the stadium would be at least be a little more hitter-friendly. Not the best situation from a fantasy perspective, obviously. It seems the Diamondbacks are on the lookout for an outfielder, so maybe a team to watch as well. Um, I think it was Wednesday we heard a report about maybe the Rangers being interested in Castellanos as well, so we'll see. Um, just someone I was thinking about as we were talking about Ozuna, did you hear even a peep about Yasiel Puig this week?
2: There was one report, like, when I signed, I did news today that, like, maybe the Marlins would consider him. It wasn't a report yeah. like they've shown interest in him. Yeah. But, no, that's the only thing I heard about him all week.
1: I think it'd be great for the Marlins, to be honest. I mean, I don't yeah. know how Don Mattingly, you know, got along with him, but there at least there's some familiarity there.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I I don't know. The Marlins are weird. Uh, they want to get a big bat, but it's they like they need to develop a big bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't really have position play talent. Yeah. I guess I saw Diaz. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I guess they're gonna they've developed arms, um, so maybe they're gonna buy some bats.
1: Yeah, I, I mean know. they they'll see what uh, what could happen with Jesus Aguilar. And they pick up Jonathan VR after the Orioles strangely let him go. So at least their lineup will be a little bit more interesting. But I certainly think they'll walk away with an outfielder as well. And you know Puig, seemingly not a lot of interest. I think it could make some sense there.
2: Lewis Brinson, post type Um, candidate once again. (laughs) No way. (laughs) I got I got a bunch of Gossman and Brinson shares.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'll be looking at the bottom of the standings this year.
2: All right. Uh, Dylan Batances, to kind of wrap up, the the guys that are still out there, some prominent names. Um, Joel Sherman of the New York Post reported on Thursday that the Dodgers are among the most aggressive bidders on Batances. Uh, The Twins, Phillies, are known to have interest too. They all make sense. I think Los Angeles especially. They've already picked up one bounce-back candidate in Trinan who we talked about earlier. Uh, Batances made only one appearance for the Yankees in 2019 due to shoulder issues and a partial Achilles tear, but he was one of the most dominant relievers in baseball for the last half decade before that. Um, I guess Philadelphia or Minnesota would, would be the best places for him to possibly get saved. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's something we can break down after he actually signs somewhere.
1: So we're going to look at some of these ongoing trade possibilities because we heard a ton of big names uh, thrown out there this week, but not not really a lot happening, uh, coming to fruition uh, other than the Nomar Mazara trade, which is like, he's a big name, I guess, because he was a big prospect, but not really a great player. Uh, but certainly some big names uh, dropping out there in trade rumors this week. Chris Bryant, I think maybe the most, not surprising, but it's weird that the Cubs, but who clearly have a chance to win in 2020, uh, at least willing to talk about him. You know, we heard the Braves and the Nationals. Um, certainly, there is depending on how things go with uh, Josh Donaldson, there, there could be a match there.
2: Yeah, I th- we'll have an idea on whether the Cubs are serious after Donaldson signs. Braves, Nationals, Rangers all make a lot of sense because they're the guys chasing Donaldson. Yeah,
1: um,
2: yeah. so just putting two and two to get together. I-, I think it's going to take for Donaldson to sign before we-, we-, we actually find out if the Cubs are serious, but it sounds like they are. I I guess there's a directive from ownership to, to cut costs, and um, – I don't know. Maybe there's been kind of a falling out there where they don't want to sign him to an extension. He did file that grievance True. over service time, which he's not going to win.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but, you know, they're going to have two more years of control over him. If they don't get an offer to their liking, I don't think they're going to move him just to move him. Sure. Um, Starling Marte is another big name. It sounds like the Mets have had something going with the Pirates
1: yeah. uh,
2: for Marte, but the Mets don't want to give up Brandon Nimmo for him, apparently. And I get that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think is a better player than Marte. Even though Marte's a better fantasy player cuz he he, you know, he has speed. Um he hits more home runs, I I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean the Mets uh, want a true center fielder and like Marte's not great in center field. Maybe he's a marginal improvement over Nimmo, but you know, Nimmo gets on base, you know, he still has uh, I think a year or more of control than than Marte would. Um you'd yes. have to give up probably another piece along with Nimmo to get Marte. I you know, I think it just would be a marginal upgrade, and that's really not what they need. So, yeah. um, I don't, I don't know if anything's going to really happen with that. But clearly, the Pirates need to trade him. He's their best uh, chip, their best chance at getting a significant piece back with a, a roster that really needs some some pieces.
2: They also need to to nail this trade after screwing up a lot of big recent trades
1: for real. Um, yeah. So,
2: I think it, it might take closer uh, towards spring training to sort this one out. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we'd both be very surprised if Marte is with the Pirates on opening Day.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, Nolan Arenado was an, a name we heard late uh, in the winter meetings. And, uh, you know, I guess that was after the the uh, Dodgers saw the price tag for Anthony Rendon, maybe. Uh, I'd be shocked if anything really came of this, but I guess stranger things have happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, they signed him to a seven year, $260 million extension, what, eight, nine months ago? Yeah. Um, I think they'll definitely have to be blown away by a, a huge package of, of young talent for this to actually happen. But they're apparently listening and it only, only takes one front front office to be you know, enamored by the idea of acquiring one of the best third basemen of all time. He does have a full no trade clause, um, so he can decide if, if it's a team that he doesn't want to go to. From a
1: fantasy perspective, I, I do not want him to leave Colorado.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. um Francisco Lindor I think if this one happens it's going to be the Dodgers
1: yeah I think that's I think it's a pretty good fit especially with the pieces we've heard rumored potentially going back to the Indians I don't think it's really that crazy especially if the Indians you know for better or worse probably I mean not probably they're not going to sign him long term
2: yeah I mean the Dodgers have the prospects we uh, the Indians are apparently asking for Gavin Lux and Dustin May that would be a nice haul yeah. Um. And the and the Dodgers have the money to lock him up to lock Lindor up to a contract extension. It might be why they didn't go harder after Cole and Strasburg, and why they didn't even make an offer to Rendon. Maybe there's already something in the works here. Um. The fact that we got names of prospects that are being discussed, that's usually a telltale sign that there might actually be something going on here.
1: Yeah. Carlos Correa was another name briefly thrown out there. The Mets uh, reportedly inquired, which makes sense. You would have to think. Ahmed Rosario would be a part of any uh, deal going back for Correa. It seems like, you know, the Astros are looking for ways to get under the luxury tax and stay under the luxury tax. So, um, you know, I think it's maybe worth discussing. It doesn't seem like anything will really come to fruition there, but a lot of, a lot of things are discussed at the winter meetings. And this is one of the things that, that leaked out.
2: Yeah. Astros uh, GM Jeff Lunau quickly refuted the claim that they're shopping him at all. And, both to the media and to Correa directly. Apparently Correa is on his honeymoon and yeah. called Luno when he saw the report and Luna assured him he's not being shocked, not being traded. I, I do think Correa is maybe lower on Houston's priority list for a contract extension and yeah. um, they have other young stars. They want to lock up, but I don't think he's going anywhere just yet. Uh, he's under team control through 2021 via salary arbitration. The Astros want to get back to the world series. Um, maybe if something goes really wrong, In 2020, they trade a midseason, but I think it'll it'll be something that if it happens, it'll happen next winter or or going into, I don't know, or or maybe they just let him go to free agency or maybe they figure out a way to work out an extension. I don't know. Um, Eddie
1: Eddie Rosario, sorry, Uh, Eddie Rosario, uh, Marlins uh, were mentioned in connection with him um, and sort of just been reported in general that, that the twins are listening on him. I think the Marlins would make some sense uh you know what do they trade probably uh minor league pitching to get Rosario but i don't even know if that's uh really a huge necessary huge necessary upgrade for them when they could go out and get an outfielder in free agency because i think Rosario's at his best right now and probably won't be there when the Marlins are a winning team so i don't know if it's really worth it for them to give up a you know promising prospect
2: yeah i think the twins want a major league ready starter in return um and the, the Marlins do have a lot of those, but I, I just don't see this really being a fit because Rosario's due to hit free agency after two thousand twenty one. Yeah. And I, I think he's a little bit overrated. Um yeah. thirty I mean, I like him in fantasy, thirty two home runs, hundred and nine RBIs in, in two thousand nineteen, but he has a three oh nine career on base percentage. He drew twenty two walks and five hundred and ninety plate appearances this year. Oof. Um I don't know if he's he's really that great of a real life player. Um, And and if I'm the Marlins, I'm not giving up a a controllable young arm for two years of Eddie Rosario. Yeah, that's that's
1: crazy.
2: Um, Corey Kluber, who we talked about earlier, known to be a target for the Angels who need pitching. Indians want to cut payroll per usual, and Kluber's set to make $17.5 million in 2020, has an $18 million option for 2021. Um, had a, a rough 2019 broke his arm early on had a late season oblique strain made only seven starts and wasn't very good when healthy uh, but I think we both would agree he's definitely capable of rebounding to some degree and, and Anaheim would be a pretty good great fit for him
1: yeah David Price another one who's uh being shot by the Red Sox as they try to another one of these like you know big market teams are trying to cut payroll um But fine, (laughs) I guess. Uh, Another possible fit there with the Angels, I I think that would be good. Uh, Padres were mentioned, Cardinals, um, White Sox looking for another arm. Uh, Even the Reds, who seemingly have their hand in everything. Um, I don't know if the Red Sox would have to pay a little bit towards his remaining uh, contract. But, uh, you know, I think Kluber or Price, you know, if the Angels were able to land one of them and then sign a free agent starter um, you know, like a Keiko or something like that, I think that they'd be in really good shape.
2: Yeah, I mean Price is owed ninety six million dollars over the next three seasons. Yeah. Um he, he he's he's had stretches where he's been pretty good the last two years when healthy, especially the 2018 postseason. Um but I mean he's not that kind of pitcher anymore that that's worth ninety six million dollars over three years. So I think the Red Sox will have to eat a lot of cash. Yeah, um,
1: I think but I, I think Price yeah. could really benefit, you know, getting in a more pitcher-friendly environment. Because if you look at like the peripherals for Price this past year, 128 mm-hmm. strikeouts, 32 walks in in 107 and a third innings. I mean, that should be better results than a 4.28 ERA. Um, had a 113 ERA plus, which is you know pretty good. And at this point, I think you're looking at someone who's you know, better than league average? Is it going to be what he was in the past? Obviously not. Uh, But I still think he can be a pretty useful starter, not a number one necessarily, but, uh, you know, certainly in, uh, you know, top of the rotation type, like a number two.
2: Yeah. Uh, Whit Merrifield forever on the trade block, Uh, at least in the eyes of opposing teams. Royals GM Dayton Moore continues to say that he has no desire to trade Merrifield. And I'm actually inclined to believe him at this point. Um, he's on a very team friendly contract, but the Royals are in a full rebuild. I don't know. I, I think if the offer is, is a big time offer, the Royals might do it. But I think I, we've talked about it. I think the Royals kind of overrate him. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he's a really good player, but I, he's not the kind of guy that a team should trade multiple top prospects for, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jay Hap, um, you know with the Yankees at this point he is you'd say expendable uh, and certainly the Yankees uh wouldn't mind clearing the salary um you know had a bad year this past year and i think he still owed uh like something like 12 13 million 717 17, 17. Wow. Uh, so, obviously, Andy, the Yankees Andy, won.
2: Yeah. And he <laughs> has a vesting option for 2021 at 165 innings, and that's $17 million, too.
1: Yeah. Well, we heard the Blue Jays in connection with, with Hap, and actually, I think that wouldn't be a terrible match, but, you know, I don't really know what the Blue Jays are aiming for this year, uh, or in 2020, rather. Obviously, they have some promising youngsters in their lineup. Maybe they could surprise, but I don't think anyone's expecting them to be a postseason contender. So, they really want to you know, go for a third round with Jay Hap. I, I don't know, but you know, they were mentioned as a potential fit this week and we'll just have to see.
2: Yeah. I just think it's the Yankees not really needing him and yeah. he wasn't very good in 2019. And if they can dump some salary and, and even eat a little bit of that money, they just, they let him go.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Josh Hader too. Uh, this seems like a case of the Brewers just sending out dealers with a chance. They get absolutely blown away by an offer. Um, he is arbitration eligible for the first time this winter and, and has four years of arbitration eligibility as a Super 2 guy. Um, so he's going to get pricey pretty quickly. Uh, but crazy good numbers, the most dominant reliever in baseball right now. He has been worked really hard through his first three years as a major leaguer. And there were some stumbles down the stretch in 2019, including in the wild card game. Lots of home run balls, but um, I don't really actually see him moving.
1: Uh, one I just want to tack on here, Jose LeClerc um i've seen some reports about him on thursday uh, and even potentially linking him to the mets um, and maybe the dominic smith possibility going back to the rangers they do need a first baseman um, so i think that could be a match to watch leclerc uh, had a hundred strikeouts uh, this past season even though the year was a little bit up and down for him but obviously swing and miss stuff um and could be you know, if Edwin Diaz isn't is still messed up in, in 2020, which is a distinct possibility, uh, Leclerc could fill a closer role there uh, with the Mets. So you know, it's a possibility to watch. Uh, certainly, we've heard rumors about Leclerc possibly being shopped uh, in the past. So uh, another reliever to keep an eye on, especially with the free agent market for relievers is just so poor right now that we could see some interesting trades, perhaps.
2: Yeah, Leclerc has a really team friendly deal, and yeah, I think. I think he pitched better than his stats indicated last year, Had that really ugly first month. But he reclaimed the closer role toward the end. And, yeah, really nasty stuff when, he, when he's when he got the feel for it.
1: So one I wanted to highlight here, which doesn't involve an MLB team, but interesting nonetheless because uh, Adam Jones uh, left Major League Baseball this week to sign a contract uh, with the NPB. Uh, Japan's Oryx Buffaloes uh, got two years, $8 million guaranteed, Um, you know, really interesting to see a player as prominent as Adam Jones, uh, you know, had a rough time last winter, ended up signing uh, late, I think it might have been the early days of spring training with the Diamondbacks, Uh, got off to a good start, but it was really all downhill after that, and I think he could, you know, see the writing on the wall with, you know, some of these guys uh, when they get closer to their mid-30s, you know, they're going to have to sign a minor league deal to keep their career alive, Um, so fascinating situation there with Adam Jones, but man, I wish him the best and I'm sure he's going to mash there in Japan. And um, who knows? Maybe we haven't seen the last of him in MLB, but uh, man, if we had, he's had a really great career.
2: Yeah. It just seems like a really cool dude, but you know, had to settle for that one year, $3 million deal with Arizona. I don't think he was going to do better than that this winter. So, you know, he gets more money to go to Japan and I, I bet he'll be a big star there on the field and off the field totally um and then just one more note uh the Rockies signed scott oberg to a three-year 13 million dollar extension this week um he was really good in 2019 served as colorado's closer for a stretch before a blood clot in his right arm cut his season short but i think he'll open as the primary saves guy there in the rockies for 2020 and, and now he's locked in uh, to a relatively long-term deal.
1: yeah i think he could be a really nice sleeper in drafts yep. next year because he it was basically like as soon as he got the job the closer job there in colorado that he went down um yep. he's clearly the best reliever in that bullpen so you know it's a little early to start talking fancy closers but i think he could be a really good one at least if he comes back you know with the same stuff that he had before so um uh, i think that's all i got
2: yeah, let's, you're losing your voice. I can tell. So let's
1: wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm sick. I I've been having hot tea. I have water. I'm trying to stay hydrated. Uh, but I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm ready to ready to bounce.
2: You've got two young kids. I, I, apparently, they're just like incubators for germs. <laughs> it. So.
1: I mean, it's the truth, man.
2: Yeah.
1: I've been sneezed on, coughed on all week. Uh, so <laughs> no surprise I'm sick right now. But. Um, that will do it for this week. If you like what you're hearing with this show, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, consider rating and reviewing the show. Let us know if you're finding these Hot Stove episodes useful. We'd really appreciate it. We'll be back again next week unveiling our all-decade teams. I don't know if it's going to be just like straight baseball or fantasy baseball. We'll we'll talk about our plans. but uh, So that should be fun as we wrap up this decade, believe it or not. Uh, and also going over whatever other hot stove items are, are relevant. Uh, this will be our final episode for 2020 uh, next week, so stay tuned for that. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short, Drew's at Drew Sylv. We'll see you next time.
0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh-